early morning or late nights. You're here at the right place. Get started with us on the right note. With Houcher, Nicholas, Andrew and me, Vivi, on Radio Pals, the sound of NUS. Alright, welcome to Radio Pals, the sound of NUS. You are tuned in to the right note with me, Nicholas. Vivi and Andrew and this week we are kicking off a new series where we interview very special people working in the music scene now today we have two very special guests with us they are the founders of Rabak Records Trevor and Trina No, thank you for joining us today. Now, before we begin, maybe you guys could just give us a short introduction about yourselves. Let our listeners know who we have. Trina, you want to go first? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, hi, my name is Trina. I'm currently an undergraduate at LaSalle's BA program for arts management. And I've been part of the local music scene for quite a while. Previously, I was a vocalist for Emily in Denial. We were a metalcore band. And I also have a zine called How to Have Safe Sex of Birds, Bees, and Consent, which you can also buy from Ripe and Thing Books. I think I got that right, Thing Books. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really good zine. I think I got one... I got a couple, right? Did I return you know, I, gave, <laughs> I told you to help me sell them. Yeah. I sold one. So, hi guys, my name is Trevor. I'm currently still in the army, but like, you know, aside from that, I don't know, I would describe myself as like, I do a bit of everything from like, editing to photography to music so i guess i would say my biggest project right now would be this band called dog eater we're currently on hiatus right now but i produced for them i was a songwriter you know guitarist yeah so other than that there's rabout records which is my arts management side of things yeah so i'm currently trying that out and it's pretty it's pretty fun so far yeah, so um, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about each other, like how well they all know each other. So maybe you could share one fun fact about each other. Okay, one fun fact is that Trina is five years my senior from school. Oh, oh my god. Is it five? <laughs> I thought you were going to stop like Trina is five. <laughs> it sounded like you were going to stop there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure like five foot. <laughs> is it? Is it five? 2017 plus five is like... 22. 22. 22. Yeah. So, so, four? Yeah, we. That's why we're in mass comm, right? Yeah. <laughs> math numbers, is not our forte. Numbers are not our strong suit. <laughs> and we only realized, like, I, I only realized that Trina was my senior, like, after we met and, like, after we've been talking. I think, like, halfway through a recording session. Because, so she was guesting on vocals for one of my songs which is how I met her I was like yo Trina you know since you did this last time do you wanna come out of like retirement (laughs) (laughs) retirement (laughs) and like hop on a song then she's like yeah so like in my bedroom studio when we were all like talking and stuff I I asked her I was like oh you know so like what are you doing now and then where were you from previously and she's like oh it's from Neon Mass Comms I was like no way (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it's a very small world. It is. Yeah, small world. Fun fact: uh, it's Andrew here, and I'm also Trina's junior, but by four years. So I'm in between Trina and Trevor. No yeah. way. As a fellow Nian mass comer. Yeah. <laughs> small world indeed. Small world. Yeah. yeah. We have 
a row of mass comm students from Nian in the studio right now. Just mass communicating. <laughs> from different yeah. generations. Yeah, we are sitting in one line. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> so both of you guys did music. What's your favourite song at the moment? What's currently on loop? Wow. Wow. That's a tough question. Oh, I gotta already. give you the deep cuts. Um... I, okay, on the top of my head, what's been on loop for like the past two days is the Pretty Reckless, um, Only Love Can Save Me Now. Such a good song. Oh. Taylor Momsen, so underrated. The guitars on this song is amazing. Her vocals is just so... Mm, love it. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Mm, okay, I just opened up my On Repeat on Spotify. <laughs> and the song, Is It Really You? by the UK band Loath, I think it really hits for me because... It's like you wouldn't expect such an emotional and like powerful ballad. Okay, it's not really a ballad, but like <laughs> that kind of like emotionally moving kind of music piece from a heavy metal band that uses like, oh, you know, heavy guitars and like mm. drums and stuff. But I think it's a song that hits home for a lot of us in the heavy metal community, me speaking for everyone. <laughs> but you know what? It's a good song and I really like it. Oh, that's great, yeah. that's great. Yeah, so um, maybe now we'll move on to some, like, actual interview questions, you know? <laughs> All so right. we can, you know, get to the serious <laughs> that, that stuff. That wasn't it! No, that was just a warm-up! <laughs> that was, uh, you know, you have to do your best. There's a lot more coming forward. Very deep questions coming right up. <laughs> Alright, maybe we'll start with something a little lighter. So, actually, okay, for those who are hearing the name Rabat Records for the first time, could you tell them a little more about, like, what it's about? We have conceived this idea, <laughs> I believe, in the start of this year. And, you know, previously Trevor was like, yo, Trina, like, gosh, like, there's so many things that I, I would like to explore with you in terms of music. This was like after I helped do vocals for a dog eater track. And he was like, hey, we should totally do something. And I'm like, yeah. And then, you know, I just let him tell me whatever he wants. Right. <laughs> so he's, he's like, let's let's start a record label and I'm like okay yeah let's do that let's try so uh, you know we, we'd meet a couple of times and we would discuss how this whole record label is going to turn out and why we're doing this record label and the truth is you'll hear this argument coming up once every few years it's always the same acts getting recycled here and there mm. initially we wanted to call it something else what secret, secret room? room records secret oh. room records yeah. but then I was like but Rob sounds better it sounds so much better it sounds so much better it's so catchy and yeah. I was like what? we should focus less on trying to make music in Singapore look very prestigious mm. and rather we should break down the barrier to entry you know mm. like music should be free for all okay it doesn't matter if like okay so back then when I was like a hardcore like scene kid <laughs> you know it's always about ugh, the posers they shouldn't even come to shows but now I, I don't think that's the right way to think I don't think mm. it's fair we all started out as quote unquote posers anyways mm. so you know and the word Rabak in Malay because I am half Malay so where Rabak in Malay it means you know I guess for a better word <laughs> um, it would be like chaos chaotic oh. right so why don't we embrace chaos and so we have embedded this word into our overall ethos for Rabak Records so it's like yeah let's just embrace chaos let's just you know I mean like I guess an organized chaos organized mess if you will let's try to have like art music interventions in like different spaces every time let's try to create a larger community so that you know people will advocate for music or the arts in general on like a grander scale than ever before so 
you know, we do also hope in the future we could expand Robot Records to become a proper music label because right now um, we are just producing a lot of shows, which is fun. Yeah. Um, but the next step after that is, of course, we want to do this music label. Hmm. Oh, that's yeah, really interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, the whole Robot Records idea is that we just want to uplift people in the underground music scene, give them a space because I feel like not a lot of people know or have like the organizational skills to run a show properly, you know, without like major losses or casualties or like, you know, that kind of thing because things do happen. And I think me meeting Trina and us being blessed with like similar overlapping, but also we have skills that, um, what's the word? Like we work great together. Yeah, we're kind of on the same um, frequency. And the thing about the underground, right? that I realized after starting Rabot Records is that things are underground not because they're like too extreme for the public. It's because the public doesn't know about it. Right. 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 So just by, you know, creating events and trying to push things out with our, you know, media knowledge and whatever, right? You know, TikTok and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> we're actually able to bring in people from the fringe, right? That like like this music, but they were unable to find the community. So recently what we did was um, a DJ event called Change in the House of Vibes. It was a play on a song name by Deftones called Change in the House of Flies. And we it was like this kind of DJ party at Cult Cafe, which is a restaurant at Turf Club. Yeah. So we got a friend, I got a friend to post a TikTok. You know, it was like, yo, there's this party going on. And... It spread like wildfire and we had a lot of people like, yo, you know, I'm going alone, you know, is there anyone else that wants to come with me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all these people, I realized that they were into this underground music, but they weren't exactly part of the underground scene, you know. So by having rubber records, we we're able to bring people into the scene and also uplift the scene to the public to, so, to show them like, hey, you know, we're doing this kind of thing. It's pretty cool. You can come if you want. If you don't, you know, it's fine. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's all part of nurturing and growing the whole arts ecosystem because arts cannot exist without that audience. So, you know, yeah, we're always just finding ways to connect with new audiences and introduce them to like different genres and their community, basically. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys created a space for them. Yeah, but you know, you also mentioned that it's not easy to run a show. So maybe you guys could just share some tips about how to run a show. What have you guys picked up along the way? Learning through mistakes, learning through challenges and stuff. Wow, where do we begin? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. I think for me, because I've got experience in like video production, like I've interned at several production companies. So I've been able to pick up the ethos of like what they do in terms of their organizational pre-production, you know, event and then post-production kind of stuff. Also their workflows and stuff like call sheets and, you know, those kind of like mass comm kind of things. <laughs> but they really do actually help coordinate the entire project. And accounting is not my strong suit. <laughs> I, I get, failed math. Yeah, I get a lot of numbers wrong. <laughs> but with this level of like scrutiny of our finances, of like everything, I think even with mistakes in the numbers we're able to like work it out so I think this like diligence and attention to detail and also you know planning ahead so like for example let's let's look at a call sheet right like you've got the important information but you also have stuff like 
you know, sunrise, sunset timing and like whether it's going to rain, nearest hospital, mm. this kind of stuff. Yeah. When I first saw a call sheet, I was like, why do you need all of this? But after being in, after being at a production, I realized, okay, all these information is actually really useful, even though like, you know, it's just good to have in your back pocket. Yeah. Yeah, and then the, the other part is where I come in. So that's <laughs> that's Trevor's expertise. So prior to Robot Records, I was also producing other underground shows when I was still in Emily in Denial. And I picked up other things along the way, which are things like, um, oh, you know, the kind of bands to invite. And I think a lot of the time people tend to overlook this, but you do really have, it's very important to keep your finger on the pulse, no pun intended, <laughs> but you have to keep your finger on the pulse with what's going on in, you know, in the music scene, for instance, right? What kind of musicians should not be platformed, for instance, right? You know, and you also need to safeguard the safety of your audiences mm -hmm. as well. And truth be told, there, I mean, even though I talk about safeguarding safety, I was looking at it for from one perspective. So here's one mistake that happened okay. during Change in the House of Vibes. So when this TikTok was was published, I mean, Trevor and I are well over the age of 18. You know, we don't yeah. have to think about yeah. the younger kids, but you have to think about the younger yeah. kids. So I forgot how, or rather this situation let me see the impact that TikTok has, right? I had no idea her video could reach youngins as young as 14 oh, years man. old oh. and then they were asking her like hey is there an is there an age limit? Oh. <laughs> and then we, this was something we totally overlooked. We we're like, oh crap, we need an age limit because Cult Cafe, they also sell alcohol. And yep. then for our tickets, we had like, oh, if you if you pay this amount, you get a complimentary drink, right? Mm. And then I was like, oh, oh, come on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, oh no. Okay. So we had to do, you also have to prepare for damage control. What are you going to uh. do? Are you going to freak out? Are you going to, play the blame game the best course of action is obviously don't play the blame game of course, of course. <laughs> tip number of course. one never ever ever play the blame game get him signed the consent form that's, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's very sweet <laughs> yeah I get your point just kidding um, so you know we're like okay it's not her fault either because mm. everyone looked over like this yeah. detail so you know I was like okay I have to send a mass email to everyone who bought it so I mean thankfully tickets were bought through Eventbrite back mm -hmm. then in the day <laughs> back in my day <laughs> we didn't use things like Eventbrite we relied solely on door sales so you never know like there used to be kids as young as 12 years old going to shows oh. yeah yeah these kids are like but <laughs> but luckily there's that so you know the dissemination of information is so much easier and because Eventbrite didn't have an age verification option mm -hmm. I had to I had to trust my audience and say like hey so if you bought a ticket and you're under the age of 18 please request for a refund um, we'll refund you 100% um, just let us know I, I can't check your ages and yeah. I sent it to them on, at the same time that we found out that there were kids asking about age limits <laughs> and then maybe like the night before it happened and on the night itself that it happened oh. so I was just doing my best to like do as much damage yep. control yeah, yeah. yeah so we also we checked the information of like people coming in like oh verify their ages we check their bags as well mm. in case you know they might bring something dangerous yeah, right. yeah. so it, it's these things that help make 
you know, shows run smoothly and people overlook safety a lot. And safety for me means a lot. Yeah. Mm, that's true, that's right. true. But it's kind of heartwarming to know that even the 12-year-olds are interested in coming to the show. They're kind of yeah. interested in the scene and everything. Yeah. yeah. To, to be honest, I have been going to shows since I was 14. Oh. Yeah. So I started going to Bay Beats when I was 14. So that was like about a little over 10 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) So I went because this metalcore band called Avalanche was playing and I was like, oh wow, Avalanche is so cool. I'm going to go down. (laughs) So I went and all my Tumblr dreams came true because back then on Tumblr you see things like Warp Tour and stuff and, you know, it's it's not a new phenomenon. Mm -hmm. It's usually, you know, people would see it from social media or even in the newspaper. I found out about Babies through a newspaper and I was like, yeah, I have to Mm go. Yeah, so you don't underestimate who you might reach out to. Yeah, so you talk about how you've been in bands, like for Trevor, you were in Dark Eater. In fact, you still are, just on a hiatus. And then for Trina, you're in Emily in Denial. So using these music experiences, okay, did they inspire this Rabak Records journey to come to fruition? Or move on from that and just start something totally new with Rabak Records? That is a very good Mm, question. Do you want to go first? Sure. I mean... For me, I wouldn't say that I'm still holding on to like the the past success of Emily in Denial, but rather I have been very inspired to do this Robot Records thing. When I watched We Are the In Crowd, so they're this pop punk band from Pugskeepy, New York, and then they came all the way to Singapore, and then I saw an opening band play for the very first time. I didn't know what an opening band was. Like, what? Another band playing at a concert? Cool. And they're from Singapore, and they're like, oh, it's our final show. That broke my heart because I had no idea who they were why is this your final show? That's really sad. You know, like, why Why is this your final show? And then f- that spurred me on to want to participate in, like, the local music scene. I mean, Emily and Danelle was one of it. It was, like, a, um, a, a, a creative outlet in terms of, like, my artistic expression. But then over time... You know, it also informs my decision to join MassCom. Why do you want to join MassCom? Oh, because I want to talk about music. I want to platform artists. Why did you join arts management? I still want to do the same thing. Mm. Emily in Denial, I won't deny, had a... (laughs) Wait a minute, hold on! When worlds collide. Yeah, I I won't deny that it has a a bit of an influence, Mm. but I wouldn't use... I wouldn't use that as like my marker for like my success or, you know, like me, my musical journey or as an arts manager extends beyond what I have done as an a music artist, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it definitely makes sense. Thank you. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, Trevor. I think that, okay, let's look at Dog Eater first. So I will describe Dog Eater as an outlet for me to combine my musical inclinations with my mass comm skills so we would produce like music videos and you know all this content content calendars you know all this kind of stuff and just it just acts as a place for me to kind of like flex my muscles Mm -hmm. but rubber records is i would say it's a similar thing but it's more subdued and it's more rational i feel like I'm more open to other people because I feel like with Dog Eater I was very like one track mind like we need to have a content calendar we need three music videos and we need to finish by like this time mm-hmm. but for Rabat Records it's like uh, anything lah as long as <laughs> you know as long as we get the show as long as people show up as long as people are happy 
nothing else really matters. Mm. Yeah. I would say that it's less of a continuation and more of like an evolution of mm. my initial motivations. Dog Eater was just like, okay, I'm just going to play this and we're going to get big and we're going to like, you know, rule the world. <laughs> it's like, it's a little bit immature, I think. Rubber Records is more grounded and it's more, let's stay within our means, accomplish bigger and bigger things. Mm-hmm. And we are. Oh, so, that's lovely. Yeah. <laughs> that's really beautiful. So now, you guys have been, like y'all were saying, you have been part of the music scene in Singapore for quite a while now, individually as artists and also as Rub Out Records, promoting gigs and doing shows for other people. What are your thoughts on the local music scene here in Singapore? Ooh, okay, I think the music scene right now, right, like post-COVID especially, it's just been blowing up like there have been show after show after show like every single weekend there will be a show mm-hmm. you know tonight there's a show Saturday and Sunday there's one there comes a problem because you know with COVID the shutdown businesses go out of business what this means for us is that there are less venues for people to play shows at so the community is being squeezed it's being stifled what they're doing now is that they're booking shows at the same venues over and over again. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is that these venues are getting like noise complaints and stuff. Oh, and wow. Yeah, so building management does not really support. So if you take a look at an example, um, let's look at the Glass Hut at Purcell Terrace. I think that was the most recent one to close down, right? Oh. They actually had a string of shows lined up, but management clamped down on them and said, you know, we don't want to do this anymore you either stop live shows or you get out. Oh, and they, they, they just had to leave. And not just that. Let's look at Golden Mile. Mm. Um, mm. They are tearing down the complex. There's a venue there. There is a venue at Turf Club. And if I'm not wrong, they're tearing down Turf Club too. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, URA, Urban Redevelopment Authority, they are repossessing Turf Club. Oh, I hope As they are okay. repossessing Golden Mile as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's either the building management it does not align with having live shows. Like mm. first, at first they're like, yeah, okay. I guess their expectations of having a live show is completely different yeah, from what yeah. they yeah. thought it was, yeah. what was actually going to happen. So, you know, once all these like, I guess, underground shows started happening, I mean, there's a certain different types of people i mean like usually when you when you go to like a show or even a a big scale concert you have Mm. people just like walking around grabbing a drink talking to their friends Mm. right but i guess the building management is just not used to it and then therefore they're like yeah you Mm. gotta you gotta leave you gotta go yeah so we did lose a considerable amount of venues Mm. yeah yeah so what we're left with are venues like the Esplanade the Annex Studio and mm. the new Powerhouse Square Studio I think that's the new name like all these like Esplanade related facilities and what this means for the music scene right is that only individuals or organisations with money are able to book right. these oh. venues right. right they have much more control over the types of acts they want to see there mm. and how this directly translates to the music scene is that the pop acts become more pop right. they get, oh, they get more see. views and stuff but the really underground acts that need a chance, they need just like one chance to showcase, you know, their music. They they don't have the opportunities, uh, which is which is like the key ethos of Rabba Records. Mm. So it's an uphill battle, you know, it's tough, but you know, there's still hope for the future. 
It's right. rewarding. <laughs> like, right? Right. <laughs> it's rewarding. I mean, look, what he said is true. I'm not saying other organizers are not equipped with the same skill set. Mm-hmm. I mean, finances, we rely on the shows that we produce in order to earn capital. We're not nepotist kids with with daddy's money. (laughs) But um, we rely on our fellow music community, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, aside from money, the skill set is another thing. And then, you know, like what he said, like other underground bands or underground gig promoters, they don't have that access to these huge venues, right? Even though people can say like, oh, you can get funding from NEC, but Mm -hmm. it's not that easy. There's a long process and people, you know, some people might not be very informed on how these Mm -hmm. processes work. So, you know, we're doing our best to salvage what's left of the underground scene. I mean, no doubt there are other promoters out there doing amazing work. We are also part of them. Mm-hmm. We're not like, it's special. Not a competition, yeah. It's not yeah, a competition. Right. We're not special. You know, we're just part of this ecosystem. And, you know, I've had friends from other companies like Uncouth, for example, mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, Glass Hut's gone. Like, what are we supposed to do? And like, I have contacts. I'm like, yo, go and contact this person. Go and talk to this oh, person. Really nice. yeah. It doesn't matter. It's yeah. not a competition yeah, because sure. we don't gain anything from being the only promoter. If anything, yeah. it will be what we gain is fatigue. Right. <laughs> yeah. We'll be tired. Yeah. It'll be so much harder and it will be very boring right if it's always just robot records so mm-hmm. you know um we're we're here for the people mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's very nice at the end of the day it really does just matters how many artists you push forward into the audience yeah. so i yeah. think that's a very beautiful mindset that you guys have at robot records so i feel like you guys are the clinics of the underground seat because you know like in singapore all the different clinics are actually linked <laughs> If any clinic needs help, they get to ask from another clinic. Like, yeah. Yo, we need help. We need supplies. Could you help us? And there's no clinic fighting against each other. Yeah, They're all sure, part of an sure. ecosystem. Yeah. So yeah. when you guys were telling the story, I was just like, wow, you guys are saving the, the underground I mean, scene, it's basically. All, it's all, like, in, it, when you're really in the arts, you start to realize it's all about sharing resources. Yeah. There's no yeah. way you can you can be selfish. Exactly. It's not yeah. right. Mm. Like, fun fact, there's actually a group, like, there's a WhatsApp group where uh, all these different gig organizers, they they list out like okay this date I'm having a gig so it's to prevent like a clash oh. and like overlap oh that's really nice yeah. Yeah. then y'all can coordinate so yeah, yeah. yeah it's really nice in the end even if by promoting helping other people you don't you don't even lose out but in that way you help each other like, yes. you know, yeah. direct the audience it's yeah. all about that yeah. it's all about that yeah so talking about growing the music scene, you had your most recent event, Change in the House of Vibes. So let's run us through what the event was like. So Change in the House of Vibes was like, we wanted to come up with a concept of like, what if Emo Night was shoegaze? Mm. So like for context, shoegaze is a genre of uh, rock music, yeah. but imagine if it's like clouds of smoke, you know, everything is like really dripped out in reverb mm. you know you can't really hear what the guy is saying mm. you can't really hear what the guitars are playing but you know it's a whole cohesive kind of vibe smashing pumpkins all that kind of stuff mm. right so we wanted to explore this kind of dreamy atmosphere we thought like let's let's just do it you know so we sorted out a venue which was Cult Cafe because Trina had contacts and oh because I actually I work for <laughs> Cult Gallery <laughs> oh that yeah. Yeah. yeah good connections and she was telling me that they're linked but like not really but they're also like kind of linked but like not really so I was like okay you know what Cult is Cult yeah we wanted a couple DJs because you know you can't have music without the DJs so the first DJ I got was my friend Alvin he doesn't really spin shoegaze kind of music but I thought you know what let's give him a chance he likes to do this kind of things you know let's bring him on 
and the concept of the event was that the music would start off as like dream pop so like Boy Pablo 1975 and then we'll move more into like proper shoegaze uh, were My Bloody Valentine you know I don't even listen to like that kind of shoegaze <laughs> and then we'll move on to heavy shoegaze so like we've got like more metal and more rock influences it gets kind of slower right Elvin handled like the dream pop side because he was familiar with like pop music mm. and for actual shoegaze we actually enlisted the help of Jeanette Chittick mm. so she's like this legendary you know shoegaze rocker from like 19... 19- 80s from the wow. 90s. 90s. The 90s. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how old she's she a is. punk. She's basically a punk legend oh, in wow. Singapore, and she's also the head of fashion in LaSalle. Oh, oh. yeah, that's cool. And wow. I had no idea who she was until I met her at it was like this kind of like punk social, like a state of the scene kind of thing, which is actually where Trina and I decided to like let's do rubber records. But before <laughs> oh. we before we decided, we wanted to go for this event to kind of find out like how we could, you know, benefit the scene more, like, what is important, what can we do? Mm. Yeah. And I didn't even speak to Jeanette, right, at the event, but I texted her about this and she was like, oh yeah, you know, let's do it. Like, no hesitation. Wow. Oh, that's, that's really nice. cool. like, that, that's just a testament to the amount of brotherhood that the scene has. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really nice. That's really nice to hear. And then I figured, you know, why don't I just d- be the last DJ? Because, like, I like this kind of music. I've got the, the decks... You know, I've DJed once for my friends. I thought, ah, you know what? It'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to say for the most part, it was like, it was pretty stressful organizing and also practicing for Mm -hmm. the same event. But I think it went great. The crowd was pretty good. The turnout was pretty good because we got the help of a friend. Like, we didn't ask her to, you know, hey, post this TikTok. But she was like, <laughs> yo, can I help out? And then, like, she did her Instagram oh, stuff. So nice. Yeah, it was really amazing. Yeah. Everything was super DIY. We just kind of, like, okay, let's buy the text from Shopee. <laughs> yeah. Let's get our friends to, like, help here, help there. <laughs> Decentralized approach to things while also keeping tabs and keeping positive control mm. on the entire situation. So I was running around, like, firefighting. Trina was running around, too. And we were just, you know, making sure everything was great. The DJs were adaptable, they were flexible. People generally didn't really know the classic shoegaze kind of stuff. Mm. I mean, neither did Isla. So <laughs> what she did was she went to play like Nirvana and Guns N' Roses, yeah. the kind of stuff, to keep the crowd happy. And the feedback I heard from my set was that no one really knew most of the songs, but mm. they really enjoyed the vibe. Right. Oh. Which is like, the kind of... Because I went in with the mindset of like, I'm just going to play my music. You are going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> not, not you are going to like it because I force you because I know it's the same kind of sound mm, as what they like. Too, yeah. yeah. And they're like, all right. And they kind of like Deftones. The rest of the bands kind of sound like Deftones. So it's like, you know what? As long as they're happy. Mm. Yeah. I mean, my favorite feedback, Jeanette was amazing. I cannot thank her enough. Mm. I wouldn't have thought like a punk legend, let alone head of fashion for LaSalle, would agree <laughs> to doing this for us. But she was amazing. A lot of people came up to me and they were like, can you get Jeanette? for your next event please are you guys gonna do this again and I was just like well now you put that idea in my head I can't say no maybe in the future thank you so much for coming out it means a lot yeah 
That's really nice. So going forward, this was was this your first live gig that you had? Yeah, our, oh, our second. second. Oh, that's the second one. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's really cool. So uh, going forward, what are some plans that you guys have for Rabat Records? Mm, off the top of my head, we've got an indie show in December called Ooh. In December. Oh, that's we're so excited. What else do we have? Uh, I think we wanted to do a round two of like this Deftones DJ kind of thing. Mm. There's actually like a trial run happening tonight. It's not affiliated with us, but it's like by our friends. Yeah, so I think that would be pretty fun. What else do we have? Uh? I think uh, we are planning to do this, uh, would I call it hardcore? Hardcore slash scrams fest. Mm. So, uh, again, back in my day, I'm sorry I keep using that phrase a lot. I don't know what else to say. Um, okay, back then, a lot of the local shows were usually at Aliwal Arts Center. So there's the main hall, right? A lot of shows would happen there. Even international artists would play there. You know, because of COVID-19, people obviously can't organize shows anymore and since then a lot of previous gig promoters they have moved on from producing shows so that Mm -hmm. that line of contact with like the underground scene and Aliwa Art Center was kind of like cut off so we're hoping to have this fest happen at Aliwa Art Center Mm -hmm. we're not too sure when it will happen but yeah we'll keep you posted on Instagram yeah oh nice Mm. nice now I was just thinking about how the you know listening to your stories and everything. I think I was just thinking that the two of you actually, uh, what's admirable, right, is the fact that you guys go out and seize opportunities. Yeah, I think if there's a young listener tuning in, listening and want and has ideas or like is keen about following your footsteps, what advice would you give to this listener? Okay, I got three words for this guy or girl. Just do ah. <laughs> just do ah. <laughs> like I I realized that this was my my kind of like ethos growing up like I wanted to play mm. guitar just, just do, do it. it just do it I wanted mm. to do dog eater with my friend I just told him let's just do it uh. like we we were at a show and I told him like man I wish I made this kind of music then he was like oh yeah me too <laughs> and I looked at him and he looked at me and was like just, just do, do it, it. <laughs> 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 and the rest is history mm. so but Apart from just do what, there's also like common sense, the more rooted part, I would say. Like, stay within your means, don't overextend, be reasonable. Like, even if you're able to do something business, like, imagine you're like a multi million dollar business, mm. and like one small mistake would be like a lot of money. Put some thought into your decisions, and even though the consequences may not be big, but just, you know, think about it a little bit. Yeah, Trina? Yeah, it's really worth it to take maybe five or ten minutes to think about it Mm. before you make a decision. (laughs) But for myself, I mean, I've come from a very rough background. You know, I don't come from money. And a lot of the times I have to just get by or, you know, I do a lot of things by myself. So one time I went for this concert. I want to meet and greet with Tonight Alive. So it was the first time they came to Singapore and I met Jenna McDougall. The one thing she told me as a piece of advice was to never stop trying to see what's possible. Mm. And I've 
always stuck by that. You know, like no matter how hard things get, you know, no matter if you're a musician or if you are struggling to do things, you you just have to try and see it in you to not give up. You have to also think back at why did you start doing this in the first place, right? So really like explore all possibilities. I mean, albeit it's hard for us to find venues in the music scene, yes. And I understand like people don't have like, they probably don't have the knowledge or the access or access in terms of like contacts or they just they just don't know what to do and it's not their fault but i guess to this advantage for trevor and i you know we have this privilege in terms of like our knowledge we know what to do and we would like to help other promoters in the future like hey you can talk to so and so so you know like i've even thought of maybe in the future we could host a show at singapore art museum you never know yeah. right, you never know right. you just yeah. have to try exhaust all options yeah just exhaust all options and you know at the end of the day you can still rely on your community to help you get back up That's it good. is what it is let's just do it just do it yeah I think I think the advice that both of you give doesn't just apply to like the music scene it really applies to everything in general you know just whatever you want to do put your mind to it don't stop trying you know just do it uh. yeah. <laughs> whatever you do just keep doing yeah. yeah you'll work out eventually so yeah so maybe you have like one last question for y'all and so you know, after listening to this episode, if like anyone listening is interested to partner up with you guys, how can they, you know, get in touch with y'all? Easy. Hello at robotrecords.com or on Instagram. Shoot a DM, shoot a mail, we'll read it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll be in touch. Right, right. All right. Uh, with that, thank you, Trevor and Trina, for answering all our questions. And I hope if you're listening, you got to know more about Rabak Records. Mm. But for now, here in the studio, we're going to take a short break. And when we return, we will be playing a game with the two of them. So don't go anywhere and we'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Note. You're here with us on NUS Radio Pulse with our special guests Trevor and Trina. So right now, in this segment, we'll be playing a game of rapid-fire questions with the both of them, where we'll be asking each of you questions and you two have to answer them as fast as you can. But of course, feel free to elaborate. So yeah, Andrew, take it away. Alright, so welcome to our rapid-fire question round called Rabakli Rapid or Rapidly <laughs> or Rapidly Rabak, however you want it to All be. Right. Okay, so... It's not a lot of questions, don't worry about it. It's not math, it's not science. Okay, it's stuff anyone can answer. It's politics. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so first question. What is the goal you have for yourself as a founder of Rabak Records? That's rapid fire? <laughs> <laughs> What's one goal? <laughs> this is huge. No, okay, I'll start yeah, first. Okay. Um, my goal is to do the craziest things as much as possible with Robot Records. Mm. Yeah, I think my goal is her goal. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, Get it you works, a man. Works. You're aligned. <laughs> yeah, it shows, yeah, it shows that you are together in sync. Yeah. Chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> All right, next. One piece of advice you give your younger self. Don't overthink it. Don't scat. Don't scat. Yeah. Just do what? Just do what? Okay. <laughs> next, what are your hobbies? Like music and stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, playing guitar, but like you know, I've been trying to get back into guitar because I haven't been playing too much. You know, I've been like playing TikTok guitar riffs, like the you know the Nokia Better Call Saul <laughs> one. And I don't know, it's fun. Other than that, I guess I've been playing a lot of Borderlands Three recently. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty fun. I like birds. <laughs> you know, birds are cool. 
They can like fly and talk oh, to yeah, you. Oh yeah, wait. He has like pet chickens at home. <laughs> yeah, They're the cutest wait. little chickens ever. They're so cute. They're not mine. Yeah. They're my sister's. She just came home with them one day. Like, yo, I got chickens. <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't like them as much as like parrots though because they're kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. And they can't talk. <laughs> okay. I guess. Trina? Um, wow, I have. I think I have a few I can mention. I love photography. I've been doing uh, film photography a lot. What else? Music, duh. <laughs> I love to read. I love to read. I read all sorts of stuff. You can find me even like on Reddit. Okay. Oh all my right. gosh, on Twitter or even like in the deep depths of Facebook. Oh. <laughs> I love reading like yeah. anything and everything. What else do I like? I like playing video games. Uh, recently, I started playing Demon Slayer on Nintendo. Oh, yeah, yeah, it just oh came out. Oh my gosh, yeah. it's so good. Um, and I'm an, I'm an outdoorsy person. Mm-hmm. I like to go cycling and cafe hopping, I guess, yeah. Nice, really diverse string of hobbies. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Okay, next question. What does a day in your life look like? I guess Trevor can go first. Cause I mean like... <laughs> yours is quite, quite easy to answer. So I'll wake up. <laughs> and like I'll go to camp you know and I'll take my morning nap and like I'll take my post morning nap nap <laughs> it's basically a lot of doing nothing until there's something to do okay you know what let me talk about the things that we do I'm in like the media team mm, so we'll like yeah. you know take pictures of people that need to take pictures of you we'll edit videos mass com stuff but in green <laughs> so it's, it's actually yes. really fun yeah so we like take pictures of like people, you know, do videos for all the high key activities, you know, film them doing like running in the mud and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Well, mine is, yeah, you're right. His was easier. <laughs> My daytime job, I work at Cult Studio and Gallery as a curator and project executive. So my commute is one thing. Okay, blah, blah, blah. The commute's boring, right? Okay, next, move on. Um, check my emails. Okay, boring. And then after that, I go through the different projects that I have. So, you know, um, as a curator, I'm usually looking out for artists. So uh, we do have... A thing like exhibitions outside of your conventional spaces so even like Singapore Chinese Cultural Center mm-hmm. they're looking for ways to attract younger people so for one of the proposals that I did I found like really cool young and hip up-and-coming street artists Right. to propose to them. We are also having an exhibition coming up soon called Superheroes versus Supervillains. Um, mm. It is a joint exhibition with Ultra Super New. So artists oh, can nice. create their own superhero or their own supervillain, but it has to be original. So I've been planning the bulk of it along with Ultra Super New. Yeah. So it's it's really fun. I vet through uh, proposals for installation pieces as well. And then when I'm done with that, <laughs> then I... I do stuff for Robot Records. So, you know, when Trevor has an idea on his mind or if there is something that I have overlooked, he will like, hey, like, make sure you check this. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. I overlooked it. (laughs) Ah! And then uh, we will bounce off ideas for the different things that we have in store coming up soon. Then I also work on like my school stuff after that. So, you know, usually I'm doing like a full uh, 12, 13 hours (laughs) every day. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, now that Trina mentioned Rapper Record stuff, so 
I think like in between when I've got free time, the stuff I'll do for Rabak is actually like similar to what Trina does for work, like curation and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. I'll yeah. send her a list of like bands like, yo, check this out. Here's a video from them. And once I get the go ahead, drop them a text like, yo, you want to play for this indie show in December? By the way, it's called In December. Yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. they'll be like, yeah, man, Fucking let's do yeah. it. And yeah. they follow up with all the you know administrative processes and stuff. And it's a lot of fun, like going through like, you know, hey man, send me your bands, send me your friends' bands, and then, you know, just coming up with like content. Mm-hmm. The community really supports you and really wants to like push out these bands as much as you do, you know. So that's really fun. Nice. Love it. You guys keeping yourselves busy and occupied. Yeah. Do y'all prefer that? A busy lifestyle? Or y'all can mm. need your breaks here and there? I think <laughs> I think it, it, it all comes down to like planning yeah. your time mm. right so usually I, I like to keep my weekends off limits mm. no work yes. no mm. nothing I'm just gonna relax I'm just gonna go to the beach tan the front part and then 30 minutes later tan the back part <laughs> <laughs> yeah like I prefer an intense week and yeah. like a totally yeah, chill, chill weekend. weekend like I just like packing my week with like stuff like okay yeah. Monday I'm gonna do this then I'm gonna go to the gym then I'm gonna do robot records then I'm gonna sleep then I'm gonna wake up and do it again <laughs> and on the weekends like ah, whatever lah <laughs> yeah it makes me feel like accomplished nice. and also relaxed right. at the same time oh, yeah. it's a good yeah. balance yeah, yeah best of both worlds okay now if you switch bodies with anybody in the world who would it be? <gasps> yeah one of my favourite questions Hold actually on. <laughs> I would switch bodies with Tyler the Creator. Ooh, I love Tyler right. the Creator. I just want to live his life of being awesome, doing whatever I want, and looking cool doing it. I'd love to be him. Yeah, that's okay. tough. I'm still they, thinking. Uh, yeah, Trina, <laughs> Trina the Creator well, for one day. Trina the Creator, yeah. yeah. I think, okay, one person, it's either going to be Dave Grohl from Foo Fighters mm-hmm, yeah. or this other guy this guitarist called Misha Mansour from the band Periphery number one he's better than me at guitar <laughs> and number two he also has this kind of like in, in his approach to writing music he like doesn't really know music theory and all that kind of stuff kind of like yeah. me but what he does is he just like messes around until it sounds good and so like I've been picking up a lot of that skill from him mm-hmm. and I think like if I could switch bodies with him I can figure out like what really makes him tick is it just like anyhow do until it sounds good or like, oh. is it something else? Is it like know? a process? Yeah. It? yeah. Okay, now, next question. What is one thing about you that surprises people? I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> like, genuinely, genuinely, that is like the most surprising thing. I but I'll think of something else. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, like I know I'm Trevor like, before this and I get where this is coming yeah, from. Yeah, you I've know? heard the stories and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we can take this off air. <laughs> it's very interesting. Yeah. Do you, you want like something else? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, go ahead. you can go first. I need to think. <laughs> <laughs> we might just use that. Yeah, see yeah. how it goes, yeah. Wow, I don't know. Um, it's either me screaming like a dude. <laughs> it's either me screaming yeah. or the fact that I was actually born in Iceland. Wow. Oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, wow. Some real-time yeah. responses. Yeah, right. I was born in Iceland. Exclusive news right um, My dad is part of the U.S. Navy, so one of his vocations uh, right. were, was in Iceland. And basically, my mom was pregnant with me. But my dad was like, you have two options, all right? It's either we go to the U.K. or mm-hmm. we go to Iceland. And my mom's like, I like Bjork. <laughs> I want to go to Iceland. Okay. So, yeah, I was born in Iceland in the middle of winter. I think the house was in quite a remote area because they have to stay with, like, all the Navy people. So it was quite a remote area. And then my dad made my mom roti john. 
Mm-hmm. Then a few hours later, she started like puking everything out. Ooh. Then turns out her water broke. Oh. So uh, it was snowing. And then my dad had to shovel snow as he drove the car. So you can imagine Ooh. the amount of effort right. and the amount of pain I put my parents through. Just so I could be here <laughs> at Pulse. Yeah, giving off mean character vibes right now. No. Like... I've, always been, uh, I've always been a demon even before I was born. So. <laughs> Uh, I think awesome. I think yeah, my Trevor, you gotta top that now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's tough because like you know I was born in Singapore. You know, like, <laughs> <K-K-H>. yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that surprises most people is that I listen to like really really heavy music, and I guess not so much now, but like when I was a kid, you know, mm. regular skinny boy, like regular Chinese guy. Mm. Just like re- just like a regular dude, you know, and then like, oh, what music do you listen to? And I'll play it for them, and they're like, "Cool, <laughs> are you are you okay?" Yeah, yeah, all right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, okay. now y'all are two to pick, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. Okay, next thing. What is your greatest fear? Are you digging deeper now. I think I used to say like. My biggest fear is like dying and not being remembered, but like that's a bit pretentious. Uh. Wow. <laughs> wow. Like, the like, not 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 being remembered, but like not making a difference in mm. society, you know. But as I grew up I realized I've already made my difference and I will continue to make differences. So I'll say my greatest fear is like Gee, cockroaches. <laughs> oh, I love like, the twist. Yeah, yeah. Let's cockroaches. Are, yeah, those are like. Yeah, just, no, let's let's not gross. let's not do that. <laughs> I think honestly, I don't mean to, I don't mean to sound like a uh, a saint, but my one of my greatest fears is forgetting where I came from. Right. <laughs> I like I said, you know, like okay, yeah, I was born in Iceland, but you know, my, yeah. my parents got divorced. I went through a lot growing up as a kid, and then you know, I didn't have much. And there were surprisingly, it's not a good thing that there were there are other people going through unfortunate things. Yeah. But you know, like I didn't feel alone thanks to these people, and they've always helped me out. You know, I don't want to be that person who ends up becoming a multi billionaire who wouldn't use their wealth to help um, Mm. the less fortunate that's actually one of my greatest fears I don't want to become that person yeah Yeah. like you don't want to sell out no (laughs) sell out wouldn't be the word it's it's becoming someone I despise yeah. That's my greatest fear. Mm, yeah. You got to be like the Patagonia guy, you know? Yes. Oh. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Okay. Next is, what is your biggest strength? Yes. I think words. Okay. <laughs> like, like, you can ask the people around me. You can ask Trina. Like, sometimes I just say things, right? And, like, half the time they're really stupid. And the other <laughs> half of the time, they're, like, genius. Like, like in December. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I was just, like, throwing out things. I think change in the house of vibes was also mm, yeah good wordplay. Good yeah. wordplay. What else? Yeah, you're so good at that. <laughs> you're really good at that. You're really good at that. <laughs> okay, Trina, what about you? Gosh, my greatest strength. I think. <laughs> Ew! I don't want to sound like Mother <laughs> Teresa. Empathy. <laughs> my greatest strength is. I mean, ironically, I did say I have. I had a fear, right? Yeah. But I would like to think that I'm also very brave. 
And that's like my one of my biggest strengths. I got bit by a cockroach on my thumb the other day. Wait, they bite? Wait, they bite? <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Huh? Here's the tea. Okay. Here's the tea. Your Trevor's right? freaking okay. out. Okay. I know. Yeah. yeah. They bite now. Yeah. Yeah. They a lot has changed bite. over the millions of years. They have evolved. <laughs> so I was preparing for this other exhibition that is actually going to happen tomorrow at Cult Studio and Gallery. Okay, yeah. So we're doing a sale. And uh, we have a storeroom where we keep artwork, right? So my director was like, hey, you can dig through this box and you can look at the list that we have. I was like, okay, cool. I'll dig through this box. No problem. And then I picked up the box. Uh, no, I picked up the artwork, which is framed. And it was from this box, right? When I lifted it up, there was like dirt that oh. cascaded down to oh. my elbow. And I just Moving thought it was dirt. dust. Oh. I was just like, yeah, whatever. And then I felt like a pinch at my thumb. And then I looked over and it was a cockroach walking around oh. the painting. And I just dropped the painting. I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, <laughs> nope. not today. Nope. Not nope. today. <laughs> I'm washing my hands. All right, all right. This is not for me. Nope, nope, nope. I don't have to display this. Uh-uh, no, uh-uh. Mm-mm. Yeah. All right. We have to burn it being there. Yeah. yeah. Gotta burn yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I guess, yeah, bravery is one thing, is, yeah. is uh, one of my strengths. I mean, <laughs> I guess sometimes being brave, I, I guess it's a good thing. Uh, sometimes it does intimidate men. They're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> she can do it too. She's m- masculine. Oh no. Yeah, I, I'm not, I'm, yeah, I'm not scared. <laughs> All right. That's good. <laughs> I love the stories coming out. Okay, now to cap off our rapidly rabak rabakly rapid fire question round, what is one act that you'll love to bring on to one of your shows? Actually, okay, like yeah. not to like create a platform for ourselves, but actually, mm-hmm. one act that we like to bring on is like our act, because ah. Trina and I formed like a band, you know, after we after I put Dog Eater on hiatus. Mm-hmm. and we want to do something and then we figured that Rabba Records would be the best place to yeah. do it yeah and like our band is called Chair because like I couldn't think of a better name because <laughs> I've got like camping chairs in my room I was like hmm, Chair <laughs> who doesn't love a good chair yeah, right. we're all sitting yeah. on it yeah. we all crave it when we're wow. standing up yeah. right and like chair so expect chair <laughs> oh my god chair. <laughs> expect chair. chair to be quite the heavy band um, I'll be doing screams vocals mm-hmm. and Trevor doing, what am I doing bass 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 nice yeah but like I mean aside from chair Honestly, we can't say like I can't name any band mm-hmm. or any act that I w- I would want to bring because then I would just I would just bring them on, you know. There's not like anyone that's out of reach. Yeah, yeah, and anyone that's out of reach is not someone we want to bring on. Like Sam Willows, you know, they've they've done their thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's cool. Yeah, Ben King. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Ben King's TikTok though is so amazing. It is. Yeah, so it's so good, yeah. so good. Yeah. I think for myself, Lincoln Park. <laughs> I would love to bring Lincoln Park awesome. in, or um, this Indonesian band. They're called Mooner. They're a psychedelic indie band from Indonesia. Amazing stuff. I'd love to. I'd love to do oh, something. Actually, now yeah. that you say that, one act I would like to bring is Stellarium which is a local Mm -hmm. shoegaze band. They haven't been very active recently, so I thought they were, like, gone. But, you know, they are responsive on Facebook, and we've been talking about it, so we're going to try and bring them on. Nice. Pretty cool. 
All right, and then no, I really hope you guys get to bring them in. I hope you guys manifest every single name that yeah. you guys mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we'll be there, man. And we Yay! will be there. Oh yeah, it'll yeah, be awesome. Yeah. Thank you. All right, but you know, with that, thank you so much, Trevor and Trina, for being with us today. Now, before we chase you out of the studio, no, I'm just kidding. We, we love you guys. We love you guys. We love you guys. We love you guys. Before we end off this episode, maybe we could share with the audience about how they could follow you guys. Keep in the loop and stuff. Of course. <laughs> yes. yeah. We Sorry, are wait, at. Are we, yeah, we are. We are at, sharing the. Yeah, we are the ones oh, sharing. Right. You can I follow us that. on Instagram at Rabak Records. R A B A K Records. Just hit the follow button. Just hit the follow. And uh, yeah, shoot us a DM or whatever if you want to collaborate. We'd be more than happy to. Yeah, if you have your band, you know, from like your jamming sessions or you want to showcase your friend's band, just like drop us a DM, give us the details, like a YouTube video or anything. It's going to be great, you know. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. We're going to repeat this for the whole of this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. New mantra. New mantra. Yeah. Just do it. Thank you so much, Trevor and Trina, for being with us on this episode and for kicking off our interview segment, yeah. segments on our show. So thank you guys for tuning in to The Right Note this week. And we'll catch you guys next time with another interview. So stay tuned. Thank <laughs> you.